7.41. So I've just uh, Googled the latest US government shutdown news. The Guardian newspaper often uh, seems to appear very prominently in news searches, but that issue aside, um, the headline reads from them, Trump refuses to budge on border wall demand as shutdown continues. It says here, with time dwindling before a new Congress is sworn in, Donald Trump refused to budge uh, on his demand for billions for a border wall, narrowing prospects for a swift end to an increasingly damaging government shutdown. His claim that Democrats are to blame for the deaths of U.S. migrant children in the U.S., Meanwhile, sparked a nasty political controversy. Remember, Democrats will take control of the House of Representatives on 3rd of January. Uh, This is the third shutdown of the year, but it's certainly the one that's gaining most attention. Uh, Lewis Jacobson, senior correspondent of PolitiFact, the Pulitzer Prize winning fact checking website, joins us first on the line to discuss all this. And good morning to you from Seoul. Hi there. It feels very much like it's a case of as we were from before the weekend when we were looking at the shutdown. Has anything really changed in the last 48 hours or so? Not that I can tell, no. Um, uh, you know, going into its second week or so, uh, uh, it seems to be kind of um, in a holding pattern. Um, no one really expects anything to to have a hope of budging. Uh, until after the first of the year when the um, when the Congress comes back into session. Of course, the Democrats will take over the House of Representatives. The GOP will still have the Senate. Um, but uh, then at least there's uh, a chance, because, because the House is structured in the way that the majority has really total control of the agenda, uh, the, the Democrats couldn't, couldn't really do anything as long as the... Uh, as long as the Republican Party was in control of the House. So at least um, uh, shortly after January 1st, um, it'll be uh, in Democratic control, and there's at least a hope that there will be some some new ideas or, or uh, plans th- thrown out there at that point. With the central question over the controversy being whether to give President Trump this $5 billion for building a border wall, a non-starter in many critics' minds, how much has actually already been spent on the wall? So very little has been spent um, uh, if you assume uh, that what you're looking at is kind of the image, uh, the idea which President Trump, um, during during his campaign in 2016 and since he was elected, um, has put forward, which is the idea of a concrete or metal or whatever barrier basically from, sh- from sea to shining sea. Um, uh, already on the border, there were um, long stretches in which there there actually was physical fencing. Um, most of the money, if not all the money, um, which was given in the first spending bill um, from uh, from 2017, um, uh, and that was 1.6. Six billion, if I recall correctly, um, uh, was supposed to upgrade and sort of fix, maintain that existing funding. Um, it was not supposed to be spent, uh, and as far as we can tell, hasn't really been spent on building this new wall, new concrete wall or metal wall from scratch in places where it didn't exist before. Um, so, depending on how you calculate it, uh, 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 you know, I think think it's a fair argument to say, well, they haven't. Um, done anything, spent any money on the vision of uh, President Trump on his wall. Um, they have spent some money, some some uh, some sum of money up to 1.6 billion um, in terms of replacing the old wall and maintaining it. 
someone like yourself who deals with facts, you're, you're swimming in them right now. Some polls indicate a plurality of Americans blame President Trump for the federal government's partial shutdown. He certainly shifted the focus over to the Democrats. And no doubt he would call some of those other polls fake news, especially when he himself tweeted seven hours ago to directly quote, Veterans on President Trump's handling of border security, 62% approval rating. On being a strong leader, 59%. AP poll. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's just too easy to, to criticise President Trump and to try and sort of view this from a, as much of a neutral lens as possible. How do we deal with these conflicting narratives? Well, you know, I think, unfortunately, a lot of it is already uh, baked in the cake at this point. Um, uh, the people, um, uh, or the vast majority of people, I think, who don't like President Trump um, are pretty set in their ways. There is very little, if anything, he can do to change their minds. The people who like President Trump, um, uh, probably the same is true for them. Uh, you know, I think that perhaps um, uh, his support could crumble um, if there's um, a significant recession, uh, if the economic hardship becomes too significant and it becomes clearly tied to to the actions he's taken. Um, but I think a lot of people are just going to view him the way they have been. He's not the kind of person who I would expect. Uh, you could see a lot of people kind of on the fence, maybe liking him, maybe not liking him. He's, he's um, uh, a very polarizing figure, and people either love him or hate him, and those uh, views are pretty pretty well set at this point, I think. We're going to bring in another guest in a moment. So if I can just conclude with you, uh, Mr. Jacobson, just by asking where you see this ending. Can you see President Trump backing down in any respect? And if he doesn't, who is going to end the shutdown? You know, he'll basically have to. I think um, that the problem uh, that that the president faces is that because, as I said before, so many people are firmly against him and will never support him, he's uh, tended to uh, do things that his base likes, um, his base of support, 35, 40 percent. Um, and uh, uh, um, it just doesn't seem like that's um, a very practical move if you're going to try to have a compromise. Um, but on the other hand, what it does sort of protect is that 35 to 40 percent from, from uh, slipping away itself, in which case he'd have very, very little support, um, um, both from his supporters uh, or his past supporters um, and his past opponents. Um, so he's sort of put himself in a box. I mean, uh, there has to be some sort of compromise on this. I think probably the Democrats would uh, you know, eventually move a little bit um, if they have to, but um, he kind of, you know, from from the very beginning, he said, you know, I will take the blame for the shutdown. And, you know, it's on tape. Uh, and so it's going to be hard to kind of back down from that. Thank you very much, Louis Jacobson, senior correspondent for Thank PolitiFact. You. And, uh, well, let's continue. Um, if you're looking to get any sort of insight into the mind of President Trump right now, again, Twitter just gives us this lens uh, he, he said 48 minutes ago, President and Mrs. Obama built or has, I'm directly quoting here, let's forget the grammar there, a 10-foot wall around their D.C. mansion slash compound. I agree. 
totally necessary for their safety and security. The US needs the same thing, slightly larger version. There's almost an element of humour in there, obviously, but I think it gives us a sense that he's not any closer to backing down right now. Dr. John Pitney, Professor of American Politics at Claremont McKenna College, joins us now on the line. And good morning to you from Seoul. Thank you very much. What's your view of, of this same issue of, of, of who loses this game of chicken? Uh, most likely, Donald Trump loses. Uh, as Mr. Jacobson pointed out, he's uh, on audio specifically taking credit for the shutdown. And it's a double loser for him. The shutdown is unpopular, and he's doing it on behalf of the border wall, which is also unpopular. So an unpopular tactic in favor of an unpopular policy position is not a winning political strategy. The thing is, with Democrats set to take control of the House on January 3rd, there's even less leverage for President Trump. There's also the threat of millions of workers being left without pay in 2019, ramping up the pressure with 800,000 federal workers already furloughed or working without pay. Is that why he's ultimately going to lose? Because that pressure is going to become crippling? That's exactly right. And it's going to uh, get more intense over time, not just because of the federal employees, but other effects as well. For instance, government contractors are not going to be paid, and there will be an economic ripple effect from that. People are going to find that they need services from the government that they're not going to get. It has not been evident in the past week because of the Christmas holiday, but once the holiday is over and people start looking for help from the government, some of them are going to find that help is not available and they're going to be very angry. He cited the example of President Obama's own personal security, though, uh, which, you know, there is clearly a comical element in in that. And he is no stranger to joking on on Twitter as well. I I think we've got to be careful about taking everything he writes there completely seriously. But it also suggests that he's not feeling that great pressure right now. What's your view of his attitude at this moment? Uh. The real pressure he feels is from the Mueller investigation. Uh, The uh, people who are going to feel this most intensely are the members of Congress. Uh, They're going to be hearing from their constituents. And uh, although it's still two years away from the next election, they're going to be worried about that. Uh, But Trump doesn't really, to put it bluntly, care about the feelings of Republican members of Congress. Uh, but uh, as he sees the polling numbers shift, and particularly uh, if the uh, shutdown has an effect on the broader economy, that will get his attention as well. You mentioned the uh, next election there. Is that ultimately what's at stake right now? What happens here if Trump does feel like he has to lose in this standoff, that he'll feel that it signals a defeat in the next election as well? Uh, yes, I, uh, he is worried about losing the support of his base, but that really is the least of his worries. Uh, he put it well a couple of years ago. He'll have supporters who will stay with him even if he were to shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue in New York City. Uh, his problem is expanding beyond the base and getting those additional votes he needs to get a plurality of the vote 
in 2020, and he's not doing a very good job of that right now. Uh, probably the greatest threat, in addition to the Mueller investigation, is the overall state of the economy. The economic expansion has lasted a long time, but some investors are worried that it's going to come to an end in the next year or two. And if that should happen, it would be extremely difficult for Trump to win re-election. Indeed. I mean, there are talks that there's a reasonable chance of even recession uh, by 2020, which would be catastrophic. That's right. And uh, you take a combination of uh, Trump's trade wars, a government shutdown, his odd statements about the Federal Reserve. All of these things uh, create turbulence in the financial community. And uh, turbulence may have some long-run economic consequences. And after all, this uh, economic expansion has been going on a very long time. And if we know one thing about economic expansions is they eventually end. And uh, it may be that the end comes uh, during uh, Trump's uh, last two years of this term. And if that happens, very, very hard for him to win re-election. Critical minds might think the timing of uh, President Trump's surprise visit to Iraq was something of a smokescreen. Whether that really was the case or not in his mind, you know, we, we can debate. What does all this mean for foreign policy, and particularly, for example, as we're concerned, the Korean Peninsula in 2019? Do you see it going one way or the other? Like, in other words, might he use the situation with North Korea and the relationship with Chairman Kim Jong-un to to distract people from what's happening at home? Or will things at home take his eye completely off the ball here? Uh, With Trump, one never knows. you can't count on Trump concentrating on anything. This is not a president who has a very good uh, attention span. Uh, the uh, real concern for foreign policy is the departure of Secretary of Defense Mattis. Uh, increasingly, we see the president uh, surrounded by people who aren't going to challenge him on the merits of policy, who will basically be sycophants, who will uh, enable his uh, impulses. And uh, that's a concern around the world because his impulses tend toward isolation and withdrawal. Uh, We've already seen that in Syria. We may see that in other parts of the world. Uh, So I wish I could be optimistic for 2019, but uh, the signs from late 2018 are not encouraging. Dr. Pitney, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Dr. John Pitney, Professor of American Politics at Claremont McKenna College. Honestly, we're not trying to take a, a bleak view of 2019 from an American perspective. We're not trying necessarily either to be negative about President Trump either. Just trying to reach out to various experts and voices. And unfortunately, many of them are aligning in a negative direction. If you'd like to provide an alternative view on things, you're more than welcome to do so. Pound or sharp, 1013 for 51 per message. In the next half hour, we still live in a world where... If you live in certain countries and you say the wrong thing or even just do something that might be perceived to be the wrong thing, you can end up in prison and end up needing refugee status here in South Korea. More next.